Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Gaga. 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 She's she and I'm me. Welcome to Like a Virgin, the show where we give yesterday's pop culture today's takes. I'm Rose Damian. And I'm Fran Torado. And Fran, if I see your goddamn elf bar, I'm going to piss all over your bed in our Fire Island house. You should. I mean, look, we at Like a Virgin... And I did notice that you gave yourself the only king bed in the house. Uh, yeah, I gave myself the only king bed in the house. You betcha I've been doing a lot of labor to earn that. You have. You um, have. You deserve it. And I think it. we are all in agreement there. Um, you are welcome to share the king bed with me anytime you want, Rose. If you want to come cuddle. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll sneak in there for a little cuddle Mm -hmm, at some point. mm -hmm. Um, I'm so excited. Well, wait, I just have to say, once again, we at Loretta LLC do not endorse elf bars. They are nasty and disgusting. I'm throwing this one away and replacing it with the three packs of Camel Crushes Rose will be bringing to Fire Island. Well, apparently Camel Crushes have been, like, outlawed or something. Which is great, and but also And you can't terrible. buy them anymore. I'm, but I'm pretty sure I can hunt down a pack or two in at a bodega somewhere. I'm pretty sure they've been outlawed for, the, for a similar reason that Elf Bars have been outlawed, which is, like, you're not allowed to have flavored nicotine available in certain stores or places i know that that was definitely specific to california but it sounds like new york Mm. is on that is on that well also something i've noticed is so since i moved back to new york i've been buying weed from the smoke shops around me in brooklyn because you know like since decriminalization like you've just like that has been a thing Mm -hmm. and last week the week before before i went out of town i went to two smoke shops near me to try to buy um, weed and both of them 
didn't have it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, is like, did something change? Are they? No, it's about going to a specific bodega. You have to know a specific guy, a specific, a specific deal, a specific site. But these were my specific places. They always had, oh. they always had weed. They had and... pre-rolls and now they don't? Well, no, they had, no, they had everything. They had pre-rolls, gummies, flour, vapes, wow. everything. That's kind of wow. So I guess I'm going to have to go back to like, my old delivery service, like drug dealers that I used to buy weed from, which feels so like vintage. Can I be a snob real quick in the weed buying territory? Um, I became Please. a stoner in California. We were spoiled rotten, baby. The weed we over there is phenom. phenom. It's on a different level. Phenom, padom, padom. And it's I, padom, padom. <laughs> yeah, I literally came back to New York trying to ditch my weed habit. And New York made it so easy because the weed here is shit compared to what I'm smoking in LA. And that is like, on on one level, it's like all the dealers, all the places only have hybrids. And these hybrids are probably the crumbles left over from whatever they're doing. They're making me feel groggy. They're not giving me any sort of lift. They don't feel like anything special or different. Like, it's just not the same. Um, so if anybody, so all this to say, yeah. if you are like a, if you're like a boutique millennial weed business and you want to send us some yes. free stuff, please do. Or if you are flying from LA and visiting New York, you can please bring me oh, weed. Please. I, I keep forgetting that, that, that I want to ask people coming in from LA to do that. Actually, Lala is coming back here later this month. Oh. I can ask her to bring me Ooh. some weed yeah, and yeah, make yeah. myself a little mental notation mm-hmm. that I'll absolutely forget because we know that i have the memory of a colander um (laughs) colander that's really funny you know what i do remember even though it's now been a week since it came out was the most recent episode to us of and just like that Mm -hmm. virgins i know that you're listening to this on a thursday and a new episode has already come out so this is very much old news at this point but this is just how our release schedule works and since our Patreon episode this week was the recording of our live show, which you should definitely go listen to, patreon.com slash like a virgin. We thought that we would move the And Just Like That discussion to the main show Mm -hmm. just for this week Mm -hmm. and talk about what we're thinking of the season so far. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how you felt, but this third episode, I thought it was fun. I thought like after the, the, the second and third episode, I think, were somewhat of a return to form ish mm-hmm. of giving us a little bit more sex in the city vibes. Mm-hmm. And also something that I appreciated is a return to form of Carrie Bradshaw being a horrible, annoying person. Yes. We love this. This is why we watch. I think we forget that this is why we watch sometimes. And I honestly feel like j- just as we said before, like this season, especially like the kind of first moments of, first episode of season two but also just throughout they're definitely putting sex back into the city and i appreciate that which is why in episode three this very prolonged belabored plot line about carrie being able to read the chapter of her memoir where big dies is like once again like i don't want to watch this sorry i don't i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i appreciate the writer's of the show. I appreciate what they're bringing to the show, which is a story that is not really relevant to me and that's fine. And I'm sure this will be very impactful for people who have had lovers and family members who have died. 
that said. Wow, you are heartless. It's just not fun. It's so unfun. And it's the same reason why the other three cast members of the show, Seema, LTW, and Naya. Naya. Naya, who I fucking hate. She's annoying. She's annoying. She's so boring. Get her off the show. I'm not watching that. LTW is also extremely ancillary. Like, she's fabulous, and Seema is also fabulous. But when they are cogs in the machine of the plot and they are like supporting the other girls plot lines like i am legitimately interested in that and i feel like it's almost problematic of me to say that because these are the only characters of color that are in support of the very white cast members of the show but that's the original show divas like stop trying to spoon feed us something that quite frankly the writers don't are not qualified to write on a lot of the time like it doesn't feel like any sort of lived in experience for the average sex in the city viewer. And I am not hearing from any people who are along these kind of backgrounds and margins of these three characters that feel seen in any way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do know what you mean. And like, I, uh, excuse me for voicing this, but I don't really care about that stuff. No. I care about the show being entertaining. The show I being the show. The show being the show. And it, and I disagree with you about the Carrie's grief plotline. I actually oh, wow. thought that was pretty well done. Oh, lovely. And I, I mean, incredible acting from Sarah Jessica Parker. It was. Who always like knocks it out of the ballpark. But I liked that stuff as a vehicle to get us to something that I've really been missing from and just like that, which is Carrie being a shitty person. <laughs> and this is such a byproduct right. of this thing that has been talked about notably by Candace Bushnell, who wrote the original column that the original show is based on, which is that the, the Venn diagram of the characters and the actresses has become a circle. And you can see this so much, especially with Cynthia Nixon and Sarah Jessica Parker. And I think with like with Cynthia Nixon, obviously it's like about her journey with her sexuality and her queerness. And with Sarah Jessica Parker, it is really about sanitizing Carrie Bradshaw and making her a much less a much more toothless and less edgy character mm. because Carrie was always a mess who made really bad decisions. And so much of that has been sanded away to make her a nicer person, mm. which is not why I watch the show. Mm. I want imperfect Carrie who made bad decisions mm. and smoked cigarettes. And so this episode where she lies about having COVID to get out yes. of doing a professional thing and also then to get out of social engagements, which relatable, relatable. I loved that because it felt like a return it to form. It was exactly in a something Carrie way. would do. It was exactly something Carrie would do. Yes. And I and and then it led to her like her going shopping and buying all those shoes. Like it <laughs> did I caught a glimpse of the Carrie we know and love. And then, you know, it was just like, those moments are so brief, but that's what keeps me watching. And I'm sure that's what keeps a lot of people watching because as a whole, and you know, I said last week, I'm trying to be positive and like, blah, blah, blah. But as a whole, I just don't know what this show is yeah, because it's not sex in the city. And it's like grief in the city. I, I'm, it's codependency hate, in the city. It's become. It's learning how to edge into our fifties in the city. I hate to always be referencing every outfit, but like I do love them, and they cover the show really well. And something they've been saying a lot recently is that 
especially with all of the kid plot lines. And just like that is really feeling like a rated R modern family. (laughs) And unfortunately, that's very true. Yeah. And I wish the kids were just not part of it. You know, I, you know, hmm, modern family is like really insulting. I'm not going to lie. But I, <laughs> yeah. that's like really, really like dirty. That's a dirty word. But it's a pretty apt read. It is. And I will say really quickly, I wish there was another comparison, but like, I actually don't mind a rated R modern family. If the other three characters weren't so distracting at times. And I also wouldn't mind it if there was just more R. The sex is not on the forefront. The fun and the shenanigans and the hijinks is not on the forefront as much, which is why when we get it, it feels so delicious. Um, I think that there's something really interesting and funny and stupid about Chadia's and Miranda's kind of like, I think very realistic codependency. Like when you first mm-hmm. become queer and you have your first like boyfriend, girlfriend, they friend, like, ooh, mama, you attach and it's unhealthy. And like, I think that there, you know, there's a lot in that that I'm actually like warming up to and, and see as like a viable plot for the show, especially in comparison to the really boring plots. It's just like, there's so much time taken away from our three girls to support three independent plot lines that are so not the show. Not because the plot isn't from the show, not because the characters aren't for the show, but because they're not about Charlotte, Miranda, and Carrie. And in- they're certainly not about Charlotte, who, again, is the most disrespected character yes. on the show. And I'm like, making her lust after a teenager. Is just so bizarre, and, but not even in a way where it's like actually transgressive. So it, I'm, I'm just like so continuously upset by the by making Charlotte so small when she is one of the few people from the original series. I will concede that if Charlotte follows through on lust for a, or for this, like, is it a college student? No, he's a high schooler. Wait, it's like, like seventeen. You no go to school with her daughter. Yeah. No, I thought it was like <laughs> you prep did, school. You didn't clock that? No, I thought it was like prep school. Okay, prep school is high school. Oh my god, I thought like in prep school that they they integrate with like freshmen or something. Whoa, okay. No, friend. Oh my god, no, girl. girl. Well, okay, so that's really wrong. But also, Charlotte's a pedophile. Here's the thing. No, no, no. But here's the thing, though. It's so wrong that it's right for me because Sex in the City, and I'm not endorsing pedophilia, but Sex in the City has always been wrong. They love to go in the direction where it's like, this is a bad, bad, and you know it, and I know it, and we're going to do it anyways. Like, that to me is still Sex in the City. That's like funny and stupid. It's just kind of humiliating for Charlotte because it doesn't need to be a high schooler! Wow! Yeah, and it's and it's also so out of step with everything that's yeah. going on in the rest of the show. Like, you're gonna give me Che Pasa and all this fucking Not representation matters, all this representation matters shit, and then have Charlotte lusting over a 17 year old. Yeah. Like, it's so that's what I mean when I say like I don't get what this show is. Well, to bring it to Shay, to Che, to Che Diaz, to Shay, to Shay Diaz, Shay Coulee, um, Shay Coulee Diaz. I really feel like. Now in season two, Che has kind of earned their spot as a bad partner, right? Like 
there is always a kind of series regular, like a, a kind of boyfriend or girlfriend that will like go into the show for like three, four, five episodes and then come out when it's dysfunctional. For me, Che has now been in too many episodes, but you know, if, if Che just started to be in this season, I would, I will happily allow and want to see how this is seen out. Um, and I am excited for whatever happens between them because it does feel interesting and real and something that actually feels true to the show. I don't know that I agree that Che is a bad partner. What? I think the show, I think the show wants us to think that Che is asking these like really ridiculous things of Miranda, but I, I don't know that I agree. Well, I don't think that Che is asking Miranda to for some ridiculous things. I just think that Che is very clearly a player, and that in these mo- in this moment where they're now starting to have an actual relationship with Miranda and learn how to have real intimacy in their life, in their life and lives, they're not really in their life. In their life, get their get your life, get your life, honey. <laughs> um, it really feels like Che is like has earned their spot. It's just like they're not compatible at all. Like. Miranda's needs and Che's needs are not compatible, period. So I don't see a future where they can work out, which is why I'm excited to see how it all goes to shit. Um, I don't really love what I'm finding to be genuine empathy for Che Diaz as a character, which feels really ham-fisted and probably a product of Sara Ramirez's involvement, if I'm going to be honest, because the character was not really well-received in season one, and so now they're trying to make this character more human and likable. Which is not working on me. Sorry, um, it's working on me a little. That they're there. I'm happy that it's the working on me a here. little. It's better than the other three. Are you and I, as a podcast, going to watch The Flash so we can talk about it, starring Ezra no. Miller? Really, I was not planning. I was not planning on. Do you it. have any desire to watch it just to discuss, just for the sake of discussing it? Because apparently, I suppo- a lot I of suppose, people are I suppose, it's like yes. good or something. And I think it's specifically something that you and I would want to critique just because of the Ezra Miller of it all. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm willing to see it so that we can talk about it. I don't know if it's worth the discussion because what I've heard is either people saying it's amazing, which feels like they were paid to say that. Kind of, yeah. Or people saying it's, su- it, it, it's like sucked to mid. Mm, and that's kind of sucked to uh, mid on the scale. It, it, yeah, it was also a huge box office flop. Oh, it was. That's kind of depressing. Yes, but also it was ma- like actually- the it was the I think it made the least money of any DC movie okay, ever. Actually, redacted. That's not depressing. I hope like DC learns from this. Tyra voice learn from this. Anyways, uh, I will consider seeing it. Speaking of things that aren't really worth discussion. I, you told me that you are maybe going to watch The Bear? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have any particular reason why I haven't watched it, besides just yeah. that, like, it, that when the first season came out, like, the premise was not super compelling to me, so I just never watched it. Hmm. But now, as I'm hearing more and more people talk about it, I and, you know, I love Io, um and that guy from Girls. The guy from Girls is... So my no, no spoiler... So I've watched almost all of the second season now. My no spoiler um, kind of pitch to you is that the guy from Girls, whatever his name is, is amazing and gets this narrative arc that could only be built over the course of two full seasons 
to get you to a place with this character where you finally understand what they're all about. Um, it's so beautiful and such good TV writing. The show as a whole, the reason I said it's like not really worth discussion discussing sometimes is because the show is it's just like a good show. Like, and sometimes a show that's like just good is like not really interesting to talk about, especially when it's like pretty much only about like heterosexual people in an in an industry that we have nothing to do with. Um, yeah, but I I could use a show that just like is good that I can just kind of speed my way through. I'm like, I am currently in the middle of uh, of binging a series. Mm. I'm in the middle of a rewatch. I am rewatching Queer as Folk, the original. Whoa, wait, we need I to know. do a Queer as Folk episode because I would yeah. love to rewatch that too. I would. I mean, I've never let's, seen it. Let's definitely. I've never seen it. You've so never my seen first it. First watch. Yes, I've seen the first okay. two episodes. Okay, so we'll make that a project. Okay. You're going to watch Queer's Folk. I'm rewatching it. I'm also finally going to watch The L Word. Same. But I'm all watching this, The L Word. All this to say, all this to say, I do want something like The Bear that I feel like will be a quick watch. Um, I it is pretty quick because I have so, I have some free time this summer. You know, I need something to do. The the show is amazing. I do not recommend a passive watch. Like, don't look at your phone. It's like a really rewarding, intentional watch. IO is amazing. And you're saying that? I am. I am. I mean, I, I really am. I, I'm projecting. Do, are you practicing what you preach, though? No, I'm projecting. Um, IO is amazing. Jeremy Allen White is so fine. He, okay, wait, we need to bring back our Oscars. What, what did we call it? Suckometer. He doesn't really do it for me. What? The, the, the suckometer. Yeah, the lodometer. Yeah, how many lodes? The lodometer. That's what we call right, it. Right, the, right. Not suck, right, like right. suckometer. The su- suckometer. <laughs> the, the, the lodometer. Can can some, like, enterprising virgin, like, create, like, a lodometer. Um, like a, a microsite with a lodometer <laughs> or something? Like, oh my you God, know, or, like, so, an app? That would be so fun. That would be, we would absolutely post about that. Um, you know, the lodometer is very strong for me, and I'm shook that you're not into it, considering that he is pretty much uh, a kind of, he is just kind of the poor man's Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, He's a working not, class I'm, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I'm not into it. But speaking of loads, though, you know whose load I need? Who? Harrison Ford's. Because <laughs> I saw How the new Indiana Jones movie yesterday. and He's I'm 80 not, years old. By the way, yeah, and I and I want to suck him dry until he's the crypt keeper. Yes, um, I saw until the new he's Indiana the, Jones movie. Until he's the dried up mummy at the end of Temple of Doom. Yeah, so here's the thing: I don't really get that reference because I don't actually know Indiana Jones that well. Like, what? I definitely am like haunted by the snakes from childhood, mm. but I I have never rewatched the movies as an adult, and I've probably only seen one or two of them. I think I should watch. Raiders of the Lost Ark mm. again. Um, maybe I'll do that this week. That actually might be a good movie on to watch on Fire Island if it gets rainy mm. at some point. Um, so you know, but I think I was I felt fine going into this movie with very little context because it's like Indiana Jones. He like has a whip and doesn't like snakes and like likes adventures. That's literally, his whole character. Um, yeah, that was all I needed to know. And then in the first twenty minutes of the movie, it takes place in like the original timeline of the series, like World War II, and they CGI him to look young. And it's so effective. What? And I n- needed his cock 
and balls. I believe and I believe they did that for the last Indiana Jones 2, if I'm not mistaken, this kind of CGI flashback, but I don't really remember watching that movie if I'm being yeah. completely honest. But in this one it it looks like it looks real. And I'm wow. sure a, a, I'm sure that's really helped by the fact that like technology has progressed and also we have so much footage of young Harrison Ford, so it probably made it easier. But he was so hot. And then also, he was hot when he was older, too. When they flash forward to his, like, current self, he the first scene he's in, he's shirtless. And I w- would lick that white, gnarly hair off his chest. Well, on the Lodometer, who's scoring higher? Old Indiana Jones or young Indiana Jones? Young. Okay. I, I thought yeah. so, but I yeah, you can always surprise me. Um, yeah, he's got a, he's got a nice like eight loads on the lodometer. I don't actually know the metrics of how the lodometer yeah, works. We're gonna figure it out, but but that's not for us to figure no, out. No, that's not our job. I think it works. I think it works as needed I for use. I haven't used the AMC Stubbs Rewards membership in a while, so Indiana Jones is exactly a movie I don't want to pay for, and therefore we'll be we'll we'll go and see it, but. You you definitely should. I also I hate to tell you this, but I have a new um, film membership service. What that is not AMC Stubbs, and it's not Movie Pass either, not, right? You're not getting no. I I joined the Alamo Draft House. Oh, um, that's good thing because I live so close that's, to the Alamo in downtown Brooklyn. And because of that, I have seen The Little Mermaid four times in theaters. <laughs> Work, Diva. Um, that's so many times. Rose, it's we so have... so many times. Rose, this, ep- this episode very easily... I feel like we say this all the time, but this time we, like, we mean it, mean it. This is like a Virgin Hall of Fame for us. Yes, this has been a long time coming. It's been a long time on the Lodometer. We are finally talking about Lady Gaga. Mm -hmm. Which is why today's episode is probably extra long. So you're going to enjoy it, okay? You're going to sit through it. And it is that long on purpose. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 
that's another one. That's another one. Since I am beyond repentance, fame hooker, prostitute wench, vomits her mind. But in the cultural sense, I just speak in future tense. Judas, if Mia's offense, to wear ear condom next time. What a, I <laughs> wanna love you. Okay, what is something's what, pulling sorry. me away from I'm you? I'm sorry. Judas <laughs> is my virtue, and Judas is the demon I cling to. I cling to. Um, you speaking those lyrics out loud <laughs> is such a disorienting word salad. And I have to say, here and now, today in our Gaga episode. It is an episode about, first and foremost, slant rhymes. And and this woman will stretch anything into a rhyme if she needs to. And more often than not, it's giving rhymezone.com. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. It's giving rhymezone. It's giving she only knows a certain amount of words. <laughs> and is not willing to learn anymore. Well, we I did tell you that when... Wait, you saw Chromatica too, right? The Chromatica Ball? I did not see the Chromatica Ball. Okay, I did... In, our, in my Chromatica Ball recap, I did tell you that when Gaga does her, like, intermittent, like, speaking moments, that she is giving talk-to-text prediction. Like, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I think her brain is chat GPT at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think with the cocktail that she's on. I remember vividly where I was the first time I watched the Just Dance music video, which was my introduction to Stephanie Germanata. And? So it was when I was a nanny uh-huh. for, do you know that I used to be a nanny for Judy Gold? Have I, we talked about this? Yes, we have. Or not on the podcast, no. But I did know, I did know that. Yeah. I remember you telling me. So famed Jewish lesbian comedian Judy Gold is the reason well, no, she's not the reason why she, I know who Lady Gaga she, is. Oh, I was. But gonna she t- played a part in in the story because she and her ex wife lived in the same building. They had different apartments in the same building, mm. and one day, <laughs> and is very lesbian. One day, the kids were in one apartment, and I really needed to get away from them, so I went to the other apartment <laughs> and went <laughs> watched Just Dance on my computer, <laughs> and it was the first time I had ever heard of this woman, Lady Gaga. Oh wow! And you were doing it, ditching work, ditching work, leaving children unattended upstairs (laughs) and endangering them so i I think that really makes sense i honestly when you had started talking about judy gold and you were like she i thought you were gonna say judy gold discovered me (laughs) and i was like work in a way um maybe the same way that lady starlight discovered lady gaga maybe wait is that is that is lady starlight the who's the one who's the girl oh no lady lady morgana as well lena morgana lena morgana and lady starlight are two different mythological figures in the historic the historic retelling of gaga's story well they're they're both real people but one of them's dead well that i mean lena morgana remains to be seen we have not seen the remains no lena morgana is confirmed dead she fell off a roof So Lena Morgana is this. I can't believe this is how we're starting no, to talk about. This Gaga. is a perfect way to start. Lena we Morgana need to start from the beginning. Lena Morgana was in the same circle as Gaga when Gaga was starting out in her career. You know the the story she always tells about how she used to drag her ass over to the bitter end mm. with her keyboard to perform. Mm. Um, Lena Morgana was doing the same kind of thing as her, but. From all the accounts we have, Lena Morgana was the one who was doing the cuckoo, crazy costumes and stuff. But she died falling off a roof. And according to some people, Gaga then sort of appropriated her aesthetic and became the figure we now know. 
and maybe I killed actually, her and maybe killed her. Uh, we, I'm I don't know if I actually have heard the full tea. That yeah. is kind of gaggy, but she yeah. do, she definitely 100% killed her. There is right? like uh, there's no I don't know. There's no, a really I, I, like there's you know a really what, iconic falls off a roof. I mean, yeah, actually a lot of like people on drugs fall off roofs all the time. <laughs> there's a really iconic Aisha Erotica song about Lena Morgana that I do want to play oh, just great. a little bit of she murdered her she <laughs> murdered her rest in peace to Lena Morgana <laughs> go to hell if you did anything gaga alright 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 no no wait you have to just listen to the end of the chorus of course I do it I don't know Lena Morgana had to go my name is gaga incredible um okay well, so what was you your think- what was your like um, entree into the world of Gaga? Um, my entree, um, I was in my kind of maybe junior senior year of high school. I was dating my very first boyfriend, discovering that I'm into homosexuals, um, and not, I- not men, just homosexuals. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Okay. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's somewhat somewhat true. Um. Anyways, it's probably better than being into straight men. I guess. Oh yeah. yeah. I actually am famously like kind of deterred and turned off by straight dudes. Like mm-hmm. I can admi- I can admire a straight guy the way I could admire like a statue at, you a, don't at like, a museum. You don't but, like, like porn where they're both straight men. No. Who just kind of like no. What if I we? Mean, I know? I only I'm only into that as I've discussed in our porn episode. If it's like a little, if there's some power play, Phoebe. <laughs> you mean if it's Shout a little, Phoebe, if it's a little rapey? Yeah. No, not that. That actually is not the narrative. But it. But but you know, Unless... if, the, if there's consent between both parties and they both are into power play. Anyways, I'm going back to the story. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Um, I love the rabbit trail though. Um, I was dating this guy who was had been out longer than me. I had just come out, and he was like, mm, "I would." I'm not gonna say he's like he was like out and proud, but everybody knew that he was gay. He was making jokes about being gay. I like it was. He like, was the school fag. He wasn't the school fag. He you was were? no. He was in a a toxic love quadrangle. Gay love quadrangle that I became enveloped in when I came out, and the four Tales the, the, time. the four gays who that's what a little life had, is about, right? Uh, in, yes, yeah, it is literally is it? Um, a little I life. I was just guessing. a little life, but like seventeen year olds, seventeen year old gays being a like, littler life, <laughs> a, t- a tiny, a, t- a tiny life, a very small life. <laughs> And um okay. And um <laughs> it was in this toxic love quadrangle. None of this I'm, now I'm just thinking of, <laughs> of like a children's show called A Littler Life. <laughs> Where it's like, it's like the Stranger it's, Things kids. It's like still really traumatic and they're all like dying and like being sexually abused. <laughs> no. Oh my god. It's like Muppet wow. Babies, but That's with drama. <laughs> Hanya Wood, okay. Um, okay. So, 
Um, <laughs> none of this information is relevant to the story, by the way. Lo- love Quadrangle. Anyways, he was more out and proud, like, than me. And I'm just, like, at the... I was, as we all know, on the show, living in a cultural vacuum and not really in with the kids. <laughs> I was being, like, hello, my fellow kids, kind of, but with actual <laughs> my fellow kids. Uh-huh. <laughs> and not being able to, you know, tap into them. But you were wearing a pantsuit. Yes, yes. And I remember being at a cast party. And we know the girls popped off at the cast party. For what show? Uh, I don't remember if Christy Denlinger was there. I'm going to guess it was maybe The Hobbit or maybe... <laughs> the Hobbit? Maybe The Hobbit. Oh my God. So Lord of the Rings was part of your Gaga M- Awakening? Maybe. When we were at a cast party and someone turned on Poker Face... And I don't think it was the first time I'd ever heard Poker Face, but it was definitely the first time I experienced mm. Poker Face. Yes. And I remember my boyfriend knowing every single lyric and then becoming something of the center of a dance circle moment. Oh, no. I know. He was white, by the way. Oh, no. no. <laughs> and he was, oh. Probably wear- he was probably wearing blue plaid American Apparel shorts and a polo and, like, like like leather slides. <laughs> There's nothing more disgusting no, leather, than a gay guy wearing a polo. Like the you know, like canvas thong flip flops is what I was giving, and he knew every single word. And he was so confident. And he was dancing exactly to Poker Face, and he was so embodied, and so like into. He this... thought he was doing something. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And so did you. Let me. You thought he was doing something. I did. I did truly because like I didn't. I never experienced Gaga fandom. I didn't really know who Gaga was. I wasn't. It was all out there and I think the way he channeled it and like the kind of self-possession in that very moment I was just like oh like this woman is like and everyone was so buzzing I was like what's going on and that was the Phoebe's losing her mind Phoebe is dying (laughs) okay Phoebe was saying before we started recording Phoebe was saying like this is like Gaga is a religion and this is a great little transition like a religion like a true like cult yes when when I discovered Gaga, I became indoctrinated so quickly. Mm. And, I mean, the early days of her career, pre-Bad Romance, which is the thing that really broke her out and made her into the cultural juggernaut that she would become, I was obsessed. Like, Mm. I consumed every possible thing I could about her. It was the first time in my life that I latched on to a diva in that way. Mm. I had never experienced that before. Mm. And I do think the main reason, besides the fact that I was a gay weirdo, is because I was a theater kid. And Gaga is the patron saint of weird theater kids. She is perhaps the most famous theater kid. The most pow- the world's <laughs> most powerful theater kid. That, yeah. I mean, who else? I could only think of, like, Kate Bush... It's Gaga. Gaga's a the- is a theater faggot. Well, I mean, then Tim, were we talking about this recently? Is that when you peel back the layers on a lot of famous people, you discover they're just theater kids? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not no. But the thing about Gaga is that she is like theater. She is giving what to do to die today. At a she minute is, or two till yes, two. She is giving enunciation. Like the way that Gaga will put some diction on a song is is showing off. The fact that she didn't go to Juilliard, right? 
No, she went to NYU famously. Right. She, I remember, I, I think I remember a story that she almost went to Juilliard and then decided to just, you know, try and make it in the streets. Maybe instead. she said that. I don't know if she got into Juilliard, but I don't remember. A lot yeah, of people almost went to Juilliard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, um, I don't know, but she, yeah, she's giving theater. She's giving theater kid. Yes, that's what I loved about her from the beginning was that, you know, it was this whole, she was bringing, taking pop music back to art. I mean, as she would, you know, later do very explicitly on Mm -hmm. art pop. But in the beginning, that first, I mean, I played the fame to death. But then when the fame monster came out, that's what radicalized me. Like I was a... I was into it before, and then the fame monster, that's when I became a convert. That's when I became a supplicant at the altar of Lady Gaga. <laughs> Can you describe the, the, what was added on with the fame monster? Well, the fame monster is uh, like a, an EP that she released that has... Bad- oh, it was an EP, yeah. and then they just mushed them together? Yes. But, yes. Um, it's that. like retroactively, they've been combined into one album, but mm. the fame monster was specifically that album where she was where it had the, the, yeah. the blonde bob, mm. it has Bad Romance, Telephone, Alejandro, mm. like, mm. and that is what really broke her out into the mainstream. Like, Bad Romance... Like, before that, she was still a big pop cultural Mm -hmm. figure, but in the way of, like, hee-hee, isn't she weird? Mm -hmm. And then Bad Romance is what gave her, like, global domination. Yes. Bad Romance was... And I think it has a lot to do with her visual language and world that was truly, like first of its kind in a lot of ways. A lot of people can can try and say who did Gaga before Gaga, but I really do feel like Gaga is like a once-in-a-generation, once-in-a-lifetime point of view. And I think that Bad Romance was that thing where it's like truly anointed, like we need to now make you the most powerful pop star in the world. And she was. Yeah, and you know, she is, I think, one of the last pop stars who really put that much effort into her visuals Mm -hmm. into music videos specifically because you think about the early years of Gaga all of her huge songs are inextricably linked to either a really iconic music video or a really iconic live performance Hmm. or both like Mm. with paparazzi Mm. that video was iconic Mm. and also the live performance of the VMAs one of the greatest live performances possibly the greatest no I only, I say maybe that. maybe only edged out by like Whitney Houston singing the Star Spangled mm-hmm. Banner or Lady Gaga doing her Sound of Music suite at the Oscars. I also really love Beyonce's Coachella performance. You know? Okay, sure. But yeah, not, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. We're not. The girls are not fighting today. Yeah, the girls are not fighting, and also they have nothing to do with each other. Honestly, like that's what I'm saying is like Gaga was truly in her own lane, and. At the time, Katy Perry was still, was, like, edging in, right? And, like, and right? Like, yeah. in terms of, like, pop music at the time. And then... Um, well, Gaga um, and, and Katy were very had... much, like, pitted against each other. Like, like um, applause versus roar. Oh, my big God. moment in the Stan Wars. Wait, describe that. Um, well, they came out around the same time, and they 
were kind of publicly battling on Twitter. This and these which were, was better, raw these or were applause. in the days back when the girls used to fight on Twitter. Mm, right. Well, the which girls was don't better, raw or applause? Yeah. Applause is better. Applause is a better song. It is. It is. I just. I was, don't think. Applause, I thought you would surprise me, but yeah, it no. Is. Applause should not have been the lead single off of Art Pop because I, because it's not. I don't think it's um, a good representation of what that album is. I think if Guy had been the lead single off of Art Pop, Art Pop would have panned out very differently. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. What's your favorite Gaga album? Um, it obviously. Oh, no, not obviously. It's Born This Way. Yes, um, that is the correct answer. Oh, wow. I thought you were going to say The Fame well, or The Fame Monster or whatever. The Fame. I mean, it's the correct answer that Born This Way is your favorite album. Yeah. And I do think it's her best. It is her best album. I, really? The Fame Monster. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. The Fame Monster is a very close to number two for me. And on some days, it edges Born This Way out, but I do believe that Born This Way is the most cohesive, artistic product she's ever made. 100%. And somewhat to her detriment, because yep. I do think that she was riding such a high off of her breakout success that she made Born This Way and did not really think about how it would be received. And she leaned really hard into being kooky, weirdo. Yes. And that worked out incredibly in terms of the creative output, but it did somewhat, I think, alienate the people who had latched on to her from Bad Romance. Interesting. And then when Art Pop came out, that allowed those people who had kind of moved to the fringes to then like kind of fully check out 
Interesting. I've actually never heard it described that way, but it, it does make perfect sense. I honestly, you're such a tradi- traditionalist. I assumed you were going to say The Fame was your favorite album. Um, yeah, the thing about Our Pup and Joanne, which were like her flop albums following, flop, quote unquote, flop in quotations, I would never call them that, but like albums that came after Born This Way. Part of me almost feels like those albums were also like Gaga wasn't thinking about the audience to her detriment, you know, like it doesn't. Neither of those albums, like who were those albums for? A lot of our pop is kind of amazing. And I think a lot of our pop actually is tried and true. OG Gaga. I'm a fucking weirdo, which is kind of why I like it. But they do. Both those albums didn't really feel like they were for her fans. And so I was like, they must be for you. I mean, the the, I don't the, know. the big problem with Art Pop was its release. And, like, I don't want to rehash or relitigate it. I actually wrote um, a story for Paper Magazine a couple years ago oh, called, yeah. called In, Defen- In Defense of Art Pop. Oh, so yeah. if you want a, a more articulate, like, um, c- comprehensive breakdown of why Art Pop actually is an incredible album and actually was very commercially successful, then you can go read that. But Art Pop is one of my favorites. Actually, I guess we can do our Gaga album ranking. Or oh, I yeah? will do, I'll do the official Like a Virgin Gaga album uh, uh, ranking. Uh, 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 no, uh, uh, and, I'm and not I, signing off on and that. I, no, but I want, I want your input. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, so we're saying number one is Born This Way. Okay, yes. Number two, The Fame Monster. Yes. Number three. Yes. Art Pop. Mm. Mm. Okay, what would be number four? The fame. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I disagree. I think the fame okay. should go above our pop. Don't you think? I, I'm, well, okay, I'm okay with that, and I'm, I'm willing to, to move it there. My brain would also put Chromatica over our pop because of the cohesion and because of the number of songs I return to versus the number of songs I return to on our pop. But I actually do see the argument for our pop to be something that's stylistically more out there. I do think art pop and the fame are not interchangeable, but they're very close. Mm, interesting. And I think they kind it kind of depends on the gaga you're going for. Yeah, it does. And it can kind of shift from day to day. But so after those, then it would be Chromatica. Chromatica. Then Cheek to Cheek. Cheek to Cheek, which is definitely better. Then the A Star is Born soundtrack. Oh, we're counting that. Yeah. Because she did produce it. I think so. She did it all. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then Joanne, dead, (laughs) dead last. I actually... Is the Star is Born? T- no, no, no. Cheek to Cheek is better than Star is Born soundtrack. Yeah. 100%. Wow, that is. I signed off. Signed, co-signed, done. Yes. Okay. Ship it. I'm so happy that we agree. were able to agree well, with there's very a little slight, fighting. There's a little discrepancy, sure. but like we, we we agree. Okay, well, do you want to talk about favorite songs now? Should, should we do favorite songs next or should we do a top? Okay. Well, do you have like a top five Gaga songs, top 10 Gaga songs? I have top 10. They're not in order but these are just my top 10 and i can say i can say which one is like jokingly my favorite mm. and then which one is legitimately my favorite mm-hmm. and maybe give us like a not a not i know you're not giving a ranking but like there's a few at the top yeah, yeah. i want to hear the ones at the top okay um so 
legitimately my favorite Lady Gaga song of all the time, and this is not like the joke one that I say, mm. which still is on the list, mm-hmm. is Dance in the Dark. Oh, oh, okay, okay. And then the one that I kind of jokingly say is my favorite is AA, Nothing Else I Can and Say. Nothing but, Else I Can Say. But it still slaps, and I love the music video where she's on the Vespa. It's like iconic Gaga with the hair bow. It's like the most Italian ex she's ever been. It is. I will say my top two as we bop around. Okay. I what will. I would definitely say you and I is probably, I'm pretty gosh darn sure, my favorite or second favorite. Muscle cars drove a truck right, right through, through my, my heart. heart. And and I, I really need you to hold space for my other answer, for my other f- number one favorite. Because Gaga you song. know I'm not going to be happy yes, about it? Yes, yes. Okay. My other favorite, which I would say easily can be in the number one spot. And I don't, and when I say this, I don't think it's Lady Gaga's best song, like critically. It is a song that means more to me than the rest of her discography. And it is Stupid Love. Oh my God, the face Rose just made, like I told her, like I was coming out to her. So, oh my God, you're having, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> she looks pained. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and that's, that's maybe worse. I don't know. I actually, yes, I can't describe it. I really Girl. don't. And let me tell you, I decided this like sh- like uh, within a few weeks of the song coming out. But then I was like, you know, this is kind of a crazy album. Maybe it won't really stick. You put, I put it on like, la- like just a few days ago. And I was like, oh my God, like full body, like, and it just, it brings me to a specific point in time. It the ha- pandemic? Yes, it does. I was living alone. I had literally no joy, no friends in my life. I had nothing to do. And you, what, missed that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and then, no, it's like, and Stupid Love was this, this like, bright light I from see. heaven that just like, a complete dopamine boost. And I know it's like, not like structurally her best song, whatever. It is a hundred percent my favorite Gaga song next to you and I. Okay. All I, right. Well, I, I thank you. You really did hold space for that. Space. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. So the rest of my top ten. Yes. Yes. Speechless. Mm. Also on my top ten. Summer Boy. Mm. I clicked into Summer Boy because of you. I feel. Alejandro. Mm. You and I. Okay. Paparazzi. Oh, you're reading these like nominations at an awards ceremony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am. Um. Fashion of His Love. A also very, on my top. A very slept on song that I, we have really queened out together while listening to. I will say Fashion of His Love is definitely maybe my number two, number three spot. Venus. Venus. And Mary the Night. Mary the Night. Uh, is Mary the Night on my top? Is it? Um, The others on my top are Telephone. Government Hooker, for sure. Oh my god, Government Hooker's not on my list. Oh, uh, you can't, no take backs, no takesies backsies. No takesies backsies. Okay. Roses shook. Okay. Judas. That's, it's number 11. Is Judas on yours? Did you say that? No, Judas is not on Judas mine. is definitely on my top. 
fashion. Fashion. I'm gonna say, and again, not because I think it's like one of Gaga's best songs. I'm saying my fa- one, top ten favorite Gaga song. You know she has two songs called Fashion. What? Yeah, there's a song that is, um, was like a a bonus track on the Fame, and or maybe, it, but it was used in a. It's actually in an episode of Ugly mm. Betty. Mm. It's the episode Bad Amanda. Where they're do- where Betty and Amanda are doing the the like digital story where they're trying to like do stuff without spending money. Oh, I love there, that there's episode. A, there's a Gaga song called Fashion that goes Fashion, put it all on me. Don't you want to see these clothes on me? Is it on Spotify or is it um, like one of those erased it, songs? It might not be on Spotify. I, I actually think it's only on YouTube. What? Yeah. Wait. What? Where? If there is there are there Gaga like unrecorded songs? Yeah, like, there's lots of them. Wait, can you give me a little... Do you know more about that? I actually well, don't. Bro- I mean, Brooklyn Nights is the most famous one. Okay. Um, I mean, Dis- Disco Heaven... Oh my god, I've never heard... What? Disco Heaven is like a B-side. It is on the fame monster proper, and I love Disco Heaven. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a there's a bunch of... It's She doesn't have like as much unreleased music as, say, Lana Del Rey. Yeah. But there there's a bit of it out there. Okay. Wow. I mean, I have heard Christmas Tree. <laughs> well, that is... Oh, wait, that is on Spotify, Yeah, unfortunately. Did you, are you finished with your list? I, I think Mary the Night is also my top. I don't know. I think that's nine total, but that's all I have for What's now. What's your favorite music video? Um... Um... Hmm. Yeah, it's Telephone. It's Telephone. Um... I'm trying to guess yours. Is it? I actually don't know. It's Alejandro. Oh, I was gonna because there's a Judas music video, mm-hmm. right? And I like I was, the Judas. I was music thinking video. maybe Judas. No. I knew it was gonna be from like Fame or Fame Monster. It's it's Alejandro. I think that is the hottest she's ever looked. Mm. It's also the skinniest she's ever been. <laughs> problematic on my part, but I love. When she's like riding the models, mm. um, it's so sexy. I also met her the day after the Alejandro video came out. Right, you've told this story on yes, the pod at a bar. Yeah, so it it is special, but it is the Gaga era and aesthetic that I just connect with the most. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. So Phoebe wants to know like when we felt the most connected to Gaga. So I Gaga came out when I was a Gaga like came on the scene when I was a sophomore in college. And then my junior year of college, I um went back to Florida for like six months um because of like family stuff. And during that time I felt so disconnected from my friends and from New York City. And I was like, oh my God, I'm back in this life that I never wanted to be back in. And Gaga like got me through that mm. in a very real way. Like yeah. I was always watching YouTube videos of her in concert, like listening to her music constantly, like wearing crazy, like inspired looks. And did you, she, did you ever wear like pleasers or something? I've worn pleasers before, but no, I mean in your Gaga area. No, no, no. This wear? was, no, this was pre like any kind of like gender fuckery okay. at all. Okay. Um, how did you how did you give Gaga without gender? Well, fuckery? it was like when she was wearing a lot of biker jackets Ooh, and like denim. That such kind a good of, like, era, born, you know, born this way. Yeah. And so that's, that's Joe Calderon. I, Joe Calderon. Yes. Mm. Um, and then when I moved back to New York was right around the time when Born This Way came out, and mm. so it was like, oh, th- these things are converging, and I was living on the Lower East Side where she used to hang out all the time. So I felt so connected to her. I feel, I definitely, I was living in Chicago at the time. If I'm thinking about like my most connected Gaga moment, I was living in Chicago. I was interning somewhere in the city, or maybe I was still going to school there. I'm not exactly sure, but I just remember Born This Way coming out and, and me, on first listen, getting some of the songs and not getting all of it. And then going on runs, I used to like run every day and going on runs. And then by listening to the album all the way through over and over again, I was like, oh my God, I get it. I get it. I get it. I think that there's something about her story and the kind of. Her story that she's like a rich kid from the Upper West Side. (laughs) Is she? Yeah. Yeah, she's rich, I guess. Yeah, and I feel I feel like for me like the story and the 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 thing that has always through all my throughout my life connected me to Gaga over and over again is the way she started at dive bars like performing for nobody like for $20 or whatever on bad microphones wearing crazy shit and this quote wherein she says something to the effect of like, you know, before I was famous, I would walk into any bar, any post office, any restaurant and pretend like I was I would carry myself like a fucking star until everyone else caught up to that. And I so viscerally latched on to that mentality. And I don't think I ever, you know, lived and breathed that then. But I do. I am kind of like that now. You are. Well, I I, I feel similarly like that is that I latched on to that. But. I think I latched onto a different version of that. The Mm. thing that I've always seen about seen of myself in her is her naked try hard ambition. Yes. Like 
Yes, like, it's so relatable to she me. She is so she is so hungry. She cares so and much. And she's clearly yes, she cares so much. And she is clearly someone who was deeply uncool yeah. at one point in her life and faked it until people thought she was cool. Yeah. But she's still a fucking nerd. She's a musical theater kid. Yeah. Yeah, she is. And a musical that's honestly like Try Hard and Theater Kid are synonyms. Like they yes. they are like actually like to be a theater kid is to be a try hard is to care way too much about something that has virtually no stakes. Gaga obviously has really high stakes, but yeah, that is another reason why the theater kid thing is actually really not a joke. Like she is that. Yeah, just look at the whole A Star Is Born era. Yeah. She wasn't just being an actress. She was performing yeah. an actress in a big Hollywood Oscar bait movie. She what and the same way that when Joker comes out, she will be performing a, a newer version of that. She is always, I mean, not as much these days just because she's like she's fucking tired, I guess, at this point. She's puts used to put so much effort into the behind the scenes of fame because, you know, the beginning of her career was about cosplaying being famous. That's mm. literally like the point yeah. of the fame. She walks in, I'm a motherfucking star. Yeah. And that performance has, you know, either expanded or contracted or whatever throughout her career. And now I'm just, I mean, this is, it's so hard for me to talk about Gaga where she with, is now. without with, with thinking about where she is now, where she's like laying down on her couch doing Spawn for her makeup line. And, and for pharmaceutical brands. And, and the Nurtech. And I mean, for years I've been in this place with Gaga. And, you know, this is why I butt heads with other little monsters and why I really don't consider myself part of that because I... You are a little monster. No, I am a little... you're just not a part of the community. Yeah, well... (laughs) I'm a littler monster. I'm a a big monster. Um, Because I have never felt about Gaga that being a fan of her means being uncritical of her. And that's the problem I have with a lot of little monsters and also with stan culture in general Mm. is yeah is the the idea that loving someone means that you accept and celebrate everything that that person does even when it's bad or lackluster or or offensive or whatever with gaga it's like i love her so much that i hold her to the standard that she set Mm. and unfortunately because of so many things because of the hip of it all and mm. like, you know, the chronic pain and, and all and like the relationships and, you know, changing managers and like all the stuff that she's been through. She just is a very different artist than she used to be. But I still hold her to that standard that she set. And I don't think that's wrong to do. I remember seeing Gaga. I mean, first of all, yes to everything you said. Like, I, I do feel like digesting Gaga now is it's just it's all she's doing is just giving us memes like she's giving us great memes and great things to joke about on twitter it's like chromatica felt like such a relief because there was legitimate art to celebrate in that moment after a long kind of um dry point you know what i mean i felt like chromatica or for me stupid love specifically was this 
<gasps> like, finally, we get a Gaga song that I can, like, bop to again. Because I didn't really love The Cure. I didn't really like Applause. I was not an R-pop diva. I was not a Joanne diva. I feel like now, retroactively, I've caught on more to R-pop. But at its release, did not like it. Um, but also Chromatica, as much as it felt like a return... It also felt like, like a farewell. Or a, re- or a regression. Yeah, it felt like this was probably the last album like that we might get from Let's her. not try to fest that, baby. Let's, let's, I do <laughs> but feel. But I would be fine with, if she wants to like have a baby and get fat and do cheek to cheek five, six, seven, and 12, I'm okay with that. I would love for her to, to do that, actually. I would like for her to do something as long as she has like a human life it doesn't feel like she has like a human life like she like she's destroyed yes she's destroyed she she was destroyed by her level of like her tweet fame is a prison or whatever like a stupid tweet but like she you can tell through all of the commentary and all of the art that she specifically has made about fame which sometimes feels like cliche archetypal bullshit about fame really is in inside of her she is so deeply traumatized by the experience of being the biggest pop star in the world and that sounds like a really stupid thing to like you know say in defense for her to create sympathy for her but like we as humans actually are not um we are not physically we should not be physically able to take on the amount of exposure that it is when you are that level of famous like psychologically it's very bad for you yeah and you can tell that now that she's like, sorry, like met it up. Like she has way fentanyl teas, way too many drugs in her body. No, I'm worried she's gonna Michael Jackson yes, her way off that, this mortal coil. That is, I'm so yes, that is exactly what it's giving. It's yeah. giving worrisome. And I really hope that if we get to this point where some of these signs are like more explicit that we don't do like what happened to Britney or what happened to like these other girls. Like I want to protect Gaga. I care about her a lot. And you know, maybe I should be more charitable and think the sort of lackluster energy she's giving currently is her way of protecting herself. Mm, Probably. I don't know. Just like the energy feels so misplaced, like the house labs of it all the chromatica Oreos, oh, oh, so, the we- the weird fake boomerangs, and oh, the boomerangs are so bad. The Oreos are unforgivable. The house slabs, however, you have some. You, I did. I can actually you give at, us, our give li- us a at our line. live show the other night. I was wearing the new house labs blush in the shade lavender blonde. Okay. Oh, I, lo- I love so happy I could die, and I bought it. I bought that shade literally just because of the name. But it is actually a good. Wait, wait. So happy I could die. Wait, it's it's so happy I could die. The song, the lyric, I love that lavender blonde. Oh, and the color of the blush is the shade is lavender blonde. Work. Wait, what else? So wait, you you I've seen you wear a lip by House Labs. (sighs) Yeah, the the lip crayons are fine. What's the Um, is it like creamy or oh the best. I think the best product they make is their lip oil. I think their lip okay, oil. I've I, heard. I think their lip oil is the best lip oil on the market. Period. I oh better than Amicole. Uh, I haven't used their lip oil. I always get targeted Instagrams for that shit. Better I, than Dior. Better than 
the NYX Dior ripoff better than the Fenty, which I think is a close second. I know you don't wear best. foundation, but I've also heard that the House Labs foundation is excellent. Well, I've heard like various things. Some mm. people say it's really good. Some people say it's really bad. Okay, good to know. Um, also, their their eye paints are are okay. Okay, I'm now gonna go get me some blush. Um, but it's powder blush, not cream. Oh, but it's well, almost I, it's I almost a powder. It's almost a powder to cream formula. Okay. And coming up, our uh, <laughs> sponsored by House Lab segment. I wish she would take an out on, on our podcast. I would love for the full <laughs> House Lab suite. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. I know that I've met her before and I've seen her several times. I don't ever want to have a conversation with her. Yeah, the, not not again. I I mean, I did. I think I she did would once, be amazing. And actually. it was. I I can't because I've had one really good interaction with her at the time when she was the most important to me, like her peak era, and it was the best kind of interaction. She was like funny. She was a little mean. Mm. She was a little bitchy, mm. and that was great. And I don't know that I want to meet this Gaga now. Even though I was very pissed when I went on a press trip and right, you did, did not right. and did not get to meet Gaga because I wasn't one of the influencers who was there. I remember? Well, so that's how I feel about Cher. Um, I don't want Cher to ruin Cher for me. Yeah. Gaga, I would love to meet. However, I would never want to meet her as a fan. Like, I would never want the dynamic to be like, oh, I'm like walking up to her in a public place or like something like that. It would need to be like, I'm friends with one of her friends or I'm working on something that she's working on or like something like that. And I feel that way about a lot of kind of celebs that I could maybe meet because I don't I hate the conversational dynamic of fan and 
not you know and yeah. the notoriety person. I mean, I do think the circumstances are really important with her because she commits fully to the drag of yeah. whatever she's doing at the moment. Yeah. So I'm sure, like, if you met her, like, I she probably doesn't go out, but no. like, if you met her in yes. more casual circumstances, yes, exactly, she would be doing casual drag. If you met her at like a house labs event, she would be in businesswoman drag. If you met yeah. her like at a meet and greet at a show, mm-hmm. she would be doing Gaga drag. Gaga is a drag artist, but she's not performing womanhood. She's performing Pop Ga- Gaga. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, she I yeah, I feel that way about a lot of ce- celebs honestly. I mean, I'll ne- pro- never meet Gaga probably, but like I do like if I see like a celeb like at a party or at a bar or like if I'm or at like a red carpet event or whatever, like I don't want to I don't want to walk up to them and say, "Hi, I'm blah blah blah," because I'd much rather wait for a maybe possible potential moment where our paths intersect in an organic way where we feel more like peers. But sometimes you just got to go for it. No, because you might not have another chance. No, never. I don't. That's the thing is I don't want to meet them. I I don't want to. It's either I meet them in that context or I don't want to meet them at all because and and that sounds like kind of egoistical, but like, look, I've worked very hard. Like I'm in a lot of cool celebrity circles sometimes. And yeah, I don't want to walk up and say hi. I want to wait till I'm their peer. I'll never be Gaga's peer. You'll though. never be. Gaga's peer. <laughs> I'll never be anything close to that. No. But you know, you'll just be some fag. Yeah, I'll just be some fag. Um, I told long... you she didn't have a dick. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We need to talk about that. Oh, about how everyone thought she was trans. Yes, yes. This is crazy. This is actually like like a a massive cultural a massive like, cock a massive yes a massive she cock. A massive <laughs> cultural scandal. A massive sheenus. A massive sheenus. Rocket number nine, take <laughs> off to the planet. To Sh- the planet. Sheenus. Um, I, the, it, it, it was a massive cultural scandal that took over news cycles. I heard about it as a kid. And so like, and yet it's like kind of like never, it kind of never happened. It's wild that that was such a thing. Like, it was not the same as when we all said Sierra had a dick or when we said Jamie Lee Curtis had a dick. When Gaga had a dick. I thought it was Sigourney Weaver that we thought had a dick. No, Jamie as well. Oh, Oh, Sigourney Weaver maybe has... (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. These are all rumors. But, like, when everyone was saying Gaga has a dick, it was like, what? And then she, in that interview with Anderson Cooper, when he was like, so people say you have a dick. And she's like, yeah. Which obviously, like, part of it is shock that... it like. Something like that feels like shock value, great PR. And she's smart. She was on the cusp of fame. She was like, let me write it without saying transphobic shit. And he was like, so do you have more to say about? And she was like, what if I did? Like, would it be so bad? Her early interviews are so phenomenal. Iconic. Like around Born This Way, there's one where this woman asks her, what's the one thing in the world she wants to, the one experience in the world she wants to have the most? And she just goes, Die. Die. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's very you. It is very me. Yeah. All of her, <sighs> honestly, interview Gaga is the Gaga. And early interview Gaga, thank you for that clarification, is actually the thing that I'll remember forever and why I'll always love her. That's maybe the one circumstance in which I would want to, like, interact with her now. want to interview. Is if I got to do, like, a proper, like, profile or, like, on-camera moment because... She would be in full drag for that experience, mm. and I would get 
a really good version of her. Yeah. Because she, I think the thing now is that she keeps it so turned off all the time so that in the moments when she has to turn it on, it can be at a hundred thousand percent. I love, I mean, I do love her and I will, I will always love her more than anyone else. Period. I mean, she's my girl. Gaga is your diva. Beyonce is my my diva. Gaga's, my number two, easily. And they hold completely different spaces. Gaga has made me cry so many times. I, the first time I saw Star is Born, I oh my sobbed my way through it. And I honestly was convinced it was going to win Best Picture at the Oscars. And then the second time I saw it, I was like, okay, no. <laughs> I do kind of want to rewatch it. It's been a while since I saw it. I mean, it's a bad movie. But she's very compelling in it. She's amazing. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think that the last third is bad. And I think the rest of the movie is amazing. It's a movie that feels like a movie. You're my boyfriend. I mean, my husband. You're so fucking ugly. You're, you're so fucking ugly. You can, you can never be my, my fucking dad. You can never be my, my fucking, fucking dad. I'm more talented as pinky dad. than you you're got in your so own fucking body. Fucking body. You're so fucking hey, you're so fucking hey. come, come here, come here, so I can wipe oh, that let me, fucking let makeup me off. Suck your sheep cock right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <I think> that's <laughs> right. <laughs> Slide into our DMs at Like a Virgin for 2069 and let us know what's your favorite Gaga song, Gaga album. Do you think Lady Gaga killed Lena Morgana? Do you think she has a dick? Still. She does. She does. And next week, make sure to tune in for an episode all about chain restaurants. Yes, we are saying it all when it comes to the Cheesecake Factory, um, Olive Garden, Chili's, etc. Etc. Um, I you would think that I would have chimed in there, but um, you know, yeah. we have so many restaurants that we went through. It's honestly countless. They could not be counted. Buy our merch at likeavirgin42069.com. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash likeavirgin for weekly bonus episodes. And we have a little preview of this week's Patreon episode at the end of this episode. So if you've been on the fence and want to check it out, listen for a little tease. And follow us at likeavirgin42069 um, on Instagram. You can also follow me anywhere you want at Rose Domi. You can follow me at Friend Squishko anywhere you like. And not to toot our own horn, but this live show was pretty juicy. In fact, I did say a few things on the mic that I forgot were going to be <laughs> in a recording. So if you want some like exclusive hot goss and you want to feel like you were right there in the room with all of us for that amazing all-star lineup that evening, get into our Patreon. Yes, become a paywall princess today. Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter with support from Lindsay Hoffman and Nikki Etor. Until next week, bye. Me. And here's a special clip from this week's Patreon episode. Become a patron at patreon.com slash likeavirgin. Divas, who are they? What do they do? Um, what do we do in relation to them? Divas leave us with so many questions. And was this written by ChatGBT? <laughs> yeah. All, all of our banter was written by ChatGBT. <laughs> Everything we say on the podcast is written by ChatGPT. Uh, but you know 
who isn't written by a chat GPT? Who? Either of our next guests. That's right. Let's bring them out Let's right now. Let's bring them out right now. Please welcome to the stage, Honey, Honey Pluton, and Joel Kim Booster. We, I'm so sorry. We're so tangled in wires and webs here. It's like a polycule. Yeah. Oh my god, we are a polycule now. Oh is my that, god. Yay! Happy like, Pride. Happy Pride. I didn't get to that chapter of polysecure yet, but <laughs> are you all ready to play a game? Um, yeah, I did. I'll, in full disclosure, I did smoke a joint before getting here because. Oh, we love that because I don't respect you. Um, and no, no, babe, babe, babe. The feeling is absolutely yeah. mutual. <laughs> mutual, diva. But no, I'm, really, I'm ready. I feel free. I feel ready to talk okay. about this. Okay, great, because we're going to play a game of Diva, diva roulette. roulette, which like does not have much to do with the actual game, but it was a fun name, so it was, yeah. So we are going to ask producer Phoebe to be the voice of God mm. And ask us a series of questions, and we're going to answer honestly from the heart. Okay. From the heart uh, and the whole. Thank you. And the whole. Hearts Uh, and holes, the dichotomy, yes. Okay. Give us the first question, The first question is, what diva do you want to sing at your wedding? She will also sing in the hotel room on your wedding night as you're making love. And we'll be cooking you breakfast the next morning. This is a multiple choice question. Okay, what are the choices? The choices are A, Megan Trainer. <laughs> choo choo trainers, make some noise. Choo choo trainers. B, Kelly Clarkson. Mm. C, Carrie Underwood. D, Rita Ora. Or like other. <laughs> Rita Ora is kind of the other of the pop world. What do y'all think? Okay. Um, wait, my other would be, I don't know why this like came to me so quickly. And even though she isn't a singer, she is a diva. But what's, in, what's her name again from... Um, from <laughs> Honey also smoked okay. a joint before getting yeah. on stage. I had half an IPA. I'm feeling crazy. She's bisexual and... Wait, Carol... Tequila tequila? Carol Baskin? Jesse J. Oh. Oh. Carol, Carol Baskin? Baskin? From Tiger King? Yeah. <laughs> I did not realize she was a bi icon. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, famous. She's a bi icon. My issue with this question, and I will answer, but like not to have oppositional defiance disorder, is that I don't really know the catalog well enough from any of those women, like as a transgender male bisexual entity. <laughs> so. I will choose Megan Trainer because I would hope that her plus one would be the little twonk from Spy Kids. Mm-hmm. Who's her husband, right? Yeah, who right. she poops next to. Yeah, so that's my answer. Um, first of all, I would like to apologize. I'm still reeling from the fact that you said the word bisexual and my first thought was Tila Tequila. Yes. Um, <laughs> Yeah. No, I would you're like to honestly issue a formal so apology yeah. to the bisexual community. I feel really bad about that. Um, my <laughs> other, um, if my other would be, I think somebody who cu- encompasses a lot of different vibes, and that's SZA. Um, oh, I think okay. I don't know if you It'd can. Be such a sad vibe. wedding night. Yeah, I guess. But like, <laughs> what a sexy one. No, it's a sexy one. Yeah. I I fuck to that album all the time. Oh yeah, um, I definitely love fucking. And SZA's like, I have pimples. It's really hard. <laughs> 
Um, but I guess if I had to choose one of those ladies, uh, I'd be spending a lot of time with them. And I do think Kelly Clarkson can hang. Yeah. I do think. That's okay. true. So Kelly Clarkson will be singing in the hotel room with you as you... And it's going to be rough. <laughs> and I, I will be... I, I guess I just, I'm going to have to do side behavior um, the whole time because I just can't imagine Kelly seeing anal. Um, I can. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's seen a lot of anal, actually. All right, next question, next, next question. Next question is, who would you trust to drive you home from top surgery? Caitlyn Jenner or Kris Jenner? Oh, oh. Is the answer kind of obvious? Okay. And honestly, it's only... Okay, my answer is, is site-specific. I live in New York City, and so therefore it's Caitlyn. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think... aggressive driving. Yeah, I don't think that Kris Jenner... There's too many, like... Like, like I need someone who's on uppers, not downers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Kris is so fucking barred out all the time... You can't drive me home from Midtown where I got my top surgery and like an Escalade. Like, we will die. Wait, but didn't Caitlin kill someone in a car? Yeah, she yes. fully. Always. Oh, no, no, your answer has been sealed, locked. You can't take it back. Yeah. Okay, then it's definitely Caitlin. Yeah. The answer stands. You know, I. Who drove you home after your top surgery? Bye. Yes. <laughs> No, me. Implants. Implants. You're like, I'm too high to process this question. Um, No, I think like, I'm thinking about who would ask the least annoying questions Mm. on the way home about what it is uh, to be (laughs) someone with, you know, that of trans experience. And I actually think Chris would be less annoying. Um, Than Caitlin, no, that's true. Actually, a solid answer. And she would already have plans about how to monetize it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Wait, can I say a non sequitur? Of course. Only because I had half of an IPA. Yes. Because we we were like Kelly Clarkson, anal. Now I'm like Simon Cowell. (laughs) And thinking about how growing up, we were all really like mesmerized by his nipples. I want the Simon Cowell peck implant, is what I'm saying. Oh. Okay. Universal healthcare. Thank you. And Kate will drive you home. Yeah. Um, okay, next, next question. question. If you were in the Titanic submersible. Heard of it? What is the last diva anthem you'd stream on Spotify before it imploded? No choices. You yeah. have to come up from scratch. Okay, all, okay, let me start by saying that I thought all of... I thought submersible was an inside joke. <laughs> In a way. I didn't know it, it was is. actually a noun that we're all calling it, like, instead of submarine, like, the submersible. I was like, gay people are so funny. <laughs> um, but it is a noun. Um, last diva anthem. Oh, definitely Britney Spears. Um, we'll stop until the world ends. Oh. It would be till the world ends, Britney Spears. And that's a gay guy answer. You're welcome. <laughs> I honestly, my first thought was Mary J. Blige. I'm going down. <laughs> Is that too obvious? No, it works. The, I, I feel like I already know your answer, Rose, which would be the nanny theme song. It would be the <laughs> nanny theme song. Yeah. You know me so well. 
Another question. Um, sorry, sorry. No, I didn't. No, Joel. Answer. Listen, it's not funny. It's just my favorite song in the whole world, and that's Diana Ross's The Boss. Um, oh. And in many ways, it was the boss's fault that that all happened in the first place. That's very true. Okay, next if, question. If you were trapped in the woods, like the lesbians in Yellow Jackets, which of these divas would you most want to cannibalize? Okay. A, Lana Del Rey. B, Florence Absolutely. Welch. C, Lord. D, Gloria Stefan. <laughs> Gloria would be delicious. I know, exactly. <laughs> like, my answer has to be Lana, because obviously it's like, if we can just as safely assume that the human flesh tastes like what the human was eating, I want Lana flesh, you know? I want, like, parliaments, oh. chili cheese dog. <laughs> Elf I, bar. Yeah, I want, like, combos, like, gas station snacks. That would be good. And then, like, Florence Welch, she would just be, like, spirulina and, like, lilacs. Like, well, no. and if there's somebody that you want around in the woods, it's Florence Welsh, okay? Right, exactly. Like, it feels like a natural habitat for her. I think it's got to be Lana because of the whole cop ex-boyfriend. Um, yeah. I feel like she probably internalized a lot of politics, and I don't want to be around it. <laughs> I support that, and I do think she would taste delicious. Yeah. yeah. I well, do her not. pussy tastes like whatever, cherry cola or whatever. So yeah, her, yeah, exactly. There's no way it tastes like cherry cola. Um, no, it really. I, I know from experience, <laughs> it tastes like cherry cola. I think it tastes like it's. I think her pussy's like carbonated. Like <laughs> it's definitely cherry like cola. A, it's like a Lacroix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Next, next question. question. If y- <laughs> sorry, God. Okay. If you were Lily Rose Depp in The Idol, which pop star would you want to play the cult leader who fucks you? There's only two choices. Because we couldn't think of any male divas. There's two. Elton John or RuPaul. (laughs) And... The only two. And if you can think of another male diva, please use this time to share with us who that is. This is kind of a stretch, but would like... Adam Lambert counts. <laughs> I actually say absolutely. Yeah. Monocultural in the moment, Adam Lambert, yeah. but I mean, I've never listened to Does a single Tom album. Does Tom Jones count? <laughs> Can you imagine getting top and you're like, what's new, pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's okay, new, pussycat? Absolutely counts. So would you, Bob Jones! So would you want to have sex with Bob Jones... <laughs> Uh, Adam Bob Lambert. <laughs> Bob Jones. The Bible College founder? <laughs> I obviously... Uh, uh, Adam Lambert, RuPaul, or Elton John? Oh, God. I think Elton John, of the two original ones, knows how to have sex better. I think that RuPaul has sex like a clone. Simulation. Yeah, where it's like he knows what it's like because he lived through the 70s and the 80s, but now it's just like having sex with like a really sad mirage. And we saw those pictures of Elton John on that boat. You know where he's in the jumpsuit and his little dick? You know what I'm talking about? He's in a romper, so he's partying. (laughs) Okay, so that's where the show will take place, on the boat. On the boat. The Idol season two, Lost at Sea. And the romper stays on during sex. (laughs) Okay, I think we can go to the next question. Which is, which diva should star 
in the next remake of A Star is Born, the options are A, Tyra Banks, <laughs> B, Kim Petras, C, Rosalia, and D, Gaga again, but in drag as Joe Calderon. <laughs> <laughs> now we're cooking with fire. I don't know. I, I, I can never quite tell where we stand with her, uh, but I do think Rosalia, I saw her Coachella set. It was quite wonderful, and I think it would be really interesting to see another white person um, <laughs> doing that doing, role. Doing, doing the role. Yeah, I agree. Um, so important. Yeah. It is a culturally white object. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want Tyra Banks, but she plays both parts. <laughs> yes. Because that's what, that's what the rewrite would be, because there's no way. I want her as Bradley Cooper and as Lady Gaga. Like, and that's what I want, final answer. Okay. Where? Galaxy brain. Yeah. Um, um, almost. One more? Yeah, I think we are at our final question. Phoebe, one more. take it away. Just one more. All right, here's the last question. You have been cast as a series regular in the next season of And Just Like That, as one of the many rotating diversity quota characters <laughs> filling in the place of Samantha Jones. <laughs> what is your character's name and profession? Okay. okay. Rose, you like I've thought about this for a long time. <laughs> you auditioned for yeah, this, actually. Definitely, yeah. No, I think my character would be Lily's birth father. Uh, a gay, a gay sperm da- bank dude. And of course his name would be something awful like Satchel Kim. Um, Cho Chang. Yeah, exactly. And I think he would, you know, they're, they're trying to subtly replace all of them together. I think he would sort of be the replacement for Stanford uh, in some ways. And they would be, he would really butt heads with Anthony because Anthony would be like, think cis is a slur or something, you know? Well, um, it is. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, I love that, and I can't wait to watch you on the show. Yes, um, honey. I, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. So I have, I have one, and this, I was, I'm just spitballing. So my character would be called Amanda Shamale, and <laughs> I think she, like, works in marketing. For sure. Yeah. I would be, like, Che Diaz's, like, non-binary sidekick. And my name would be, like, Triangle. (laughs) And they would force me to get a side shave that matches Shay's. And then I think we would just, like, do buddy comedies where we, like, smoke weed backwards or something. I would just be some kind of series regular in X, Y, and Me, um, Che Diaz's TV show. And I feel like my name would probably be, like, Gabrielle Garcia Rodriguez or something like that. (laughs) Well, we'll see all of you on season three of And Just Like That, unless it gets canceled. And um, please give a big round of applause to our amazing (laughs) panelists. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my God, this is what Joel's gonna hear on his wedding night as he's making sweet, tender love. So beautiful. The ew in Judas, the...
Ew. It is better than the Beatles' entire discography. Ew. And that's a fact. <laughs> Government hooker should have been played at the inauguration. And we haven't talked about that enough as a society. Oh, wait, these are all tweets? <laughs> are all tweets. <laughs> Fuck you, Rose! <laughs> Fuck you! Keep that, Phoebe. <laughs> Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you.